You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 26. Before we dive in, I want to give a warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Jennifer Callahan, and she says, The Influencer Podcast is such an incredible resource for all things blogging, influence, and social media. Julie's depth of knowledge is unparalleled, and her guests offer insightful and practical guidance for navigating the online entrepreneurial world. I feel so much more confident in my ability to turn my blog into a business Thanks to this podcast. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for your review, and I'm glad that this podcast is helping you. I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week, so make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes, give us a review, so I can make sure to highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Jules Solomon and the ha- and hashtag the influencer podcast to let me know you are joining in today as you know I love to share those screenshots on my story too. Last week, PR specialist and blogger Marley Schoenfeld taught us how to rework our influence using online media opportunities. This week, online marketing expert, host of the top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, and list-building guru Amy Porterfield teaches us exactly how to create, grow, and promote a profitable email list, why we need an email list, and why our email list is more important than our Instagram follower number could ever be. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hi, influencers, and welcome to this week's episode. Today is such a big moment for the Influencer Podcast, and that is because we are talking to the one and only Amy Porterfield. Now, I am about to go into why Amy is everything fabulous and why you must follow her and check out amyporterfield.com to understand the importance of list building and online growth and online marketing. And of course, I am such a fan and listener of hers, but what I want to take a moment to share with you why this is such an important moment for the Influencer Podcast. Amy may not know this, but she is one of the reasons why the Influencer Podcast exists today. And what I mean by this is that I spent a good solid year listening to Amy's podcast, which is Online Marketing Made Easy. It's fantastic. And during that time, I really started to build up my own confidence and courage that I needed to create this podcast. So I first want to thank Amy and her dedication to her work, her expertise, her willingness to share, and her incredible success as a leading podcaster in this industry. Because if it wasn't for women like Amy showing up every day, I don't think that podcasts like this one would be showing up the way that they are as well. So with that said, Amy is an online marketing expert and educator, and as I just mentioned, is the host of the top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. Before creating her own online empire, Amy worked with peak performance coach Tony Robbins, where she oversaw the content development team and collaborated on groundbreaking online marketing campaigns. Through her best-selling marketing courses, thriving social media community, and popular podcast, Amy inspires a grounded, tangible, and self-affirming sense of, wow, 
I can really do this for over 250,000 online entrepreneurs. Named as one of Forbes magazine's top social media power influencers, Amy proves that by moving away from the step-by-step and into action-by-action, even the newest online entrepreneurs and influencers can bypass overwhelm and self-doubt and instead generate exciting momentum as they move closer to building a life and business they love. One of the many things that Amy does extremely well is that she helps entrepreneurs grow their email list, take their knowledge and know-how, and turn it into monetized services. I am super excited for this conversation because you are going to finally learn the importance of creating a, a loyal newsletter list, why you, what you must do to promote and grow your list, and how you turn that list into a monetized and profitable opportunities for your blog, your brand, and your business. We are diving into all of this today as well as giving you a free binge-worthy tip sheet sharing the seven habits of highly effective list builders, so you don't want to miss that. So without further ado, hello, Amy, and welcome to the podcast today. Well, that was an amazing intro and thank you so much. I had no idea that you had listened to my podcast for so long and I love your podcast. So if I had a tiny bit to do with you starting this, that just makes my day. Oh, well, thank you. And and you so did. And I just, I so, I still soak it up every week. I love all of the action-based and just really super simple ways to digest everything that you share. You're just such a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait for this conversation today. And I just want to kind of dive into it. So I know that obviously you went from this amazing corporate world to creating an online empire, and I would love to know kind of a little bit more about that background and kind of what you went through and how you hope that your story encourages some of the women listening today to do the same. Oh, I love that. So yeah, I started uh, way back when, when I basically got out of college in marketing in corporations. So oddly enough, Harley Davidson motorcycles, I'm not a biker chick. I always say that, but it was a really cool place to kind of learn how to market in the sense that they are such a tribe, but really my playground for understanding online marketing was with peak performance coach, Tony Robbins, as you mentioned. So for six and a half years, I got to try the world with Tony. I got to work on the content that he would put into his digital products and in his live events. And it was a pretty amazing experience. I always say that I learned how to become an entrepreneur because of what Tony taught me. So that was a pretty exciting time. But while I was there, I learned about this whole online marketing world. We were just getting into it at Robbins. And so Tony had this meeting with a big group of uh, male entrepreneurs entrepreneurs that were doing business online. So there were no women in the room, but these guys sat around the table and they talked about their online businesses and the products they created in the community that they had built. And I literally was asked to go to that meeting to take notes. So I was at the main table. I was in a little corner taking notes and I pretty much probably took the worst notes ever because I couldn't help but just look up and, and listen to these guys. Like, what, what are you guys doing? Your lives sound amazing. Your lifestyle that you've created sounds so fulfilling. And it's exciting to hear that they were all doing their own thing. So in that moment, I kind of got bit by the entrepreneurial bug and I thought, 
thought, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know it has something to do with creating online training programs and marketing them online, but I need to know more. So for about the next year, I started to do more online marketing inside of Robbins. And then after that, I branched out on my own. I started with social media marketing, but I've since moved into more traditional online marketing strategies that are around list building and course creation and webinars and all that good thing, all that good stuff. But basically I took the leap from corporate into an online marketing world. Not sure if this was going to work, but I knew I didn't want to have a boss anymore. I wanted to call the shots and I wanted to create the stuff that really got me excited. So I had to leave the corporate world to do so. And then, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then so here we are. <laughs> and then here we are. So basically I left the corporate world. And like I said, I started to do social media consulting. And the challenge was I created a business I hated. I didn't necessarily love doing consulting. I was in the trenches doing mm. people's social media. And although that's an awesome way to build a business, it wasn't for me. I did not love it. I often teased instead of having one big boss, Tony Robbins is a big guy physically, I had a bunch of mini bosses calling me at all hours, telling me what they wanted, setting crazy expectations. And I became this yes girl. So all of a sudden I realized I left my corporate job and I started a business I did not like at all. Mm. And so after that, I realized what I really want to do is to create online training programs. And so I transitioned after about two years into just creating online training programs to teach people how to do online marketing. And that was my sweet spot. I realized that's where I really excelled. I loved it. And now the only way I make money today is through my online training programs. So it was a long road to get here, but I have to say it definitely was worth all the hardships that I kind of faced along the way. And what I really hear you saying as well is that you had to really kind of test a few different things out before you found that sweet spot for yourself. A million percent. Like I had to get in the trenches and figure out what I liked, what I didn't like. I said yes to a lot of opportunities just to kind of test the waters. And I think you have to do that in the beginning. And here's the thing. If you think about being an entrepreneur in terms of the mindset part of it, if I was really hard on myself every time I tried something that didn't work, I would never have the successful business I have today. So I had to give myself some grace and some patience to kind of make the wrong moves until I started to make the right moves. Mm, I love what you said with the grace and the patience. You kind of do. You have to give yourself kind of that that privilege, if you will. Yes. And, yeah. And that opportunity to do that. Um, one thing that I, I also love about your story, too, is that, you know, because I think that when you kind of become your own boss and you, you start your own thing, and a, a lot of us that are listening that have either been in that agency or corporate environment and we're trying to get out of that a lot of times we'll kind of like shun that whole thing of like, I can't live in the windowless environment anymore and I need to go out on my own. But what I love from your story is that you really still, you, you, you did and you still do honor kind of what you learned from that corporate environment and the education and everything that it gave you mm-hmm. to then be able to go and create your own world oh, so and your true. Own job. Yeah, I would never be where I am today if I didn't take the time to really learn the lessons I needed to learn inside of corporate. And here's one thing I'll tell you, because I know some people might be listening today that are in that corporate job, either hating it or just knowing there's something bigger and better for them. And what I'll say to that is, 
Once I got the bug that I really wanted to start my own thing, I thought I had zero skill set to actually do my own thing. I had no idea how I was going to make money outside of corporate. So I gave myself a year staying in that corporate job, asking to kind of move around and work on different projects that were new to me, but I really needed to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I eased into part-time and then I asked to go work from home for a while. And then I eventually took the leap and went out on my own. So I am a big fan of those baby steps because one, I didn't burn any bridges. And two, I didn't just take the leap and say, what the heck am I going to do now? Now I will tell you when I finally went out to on my own, I didn't have a big savings. So I didn't have a lot of money. So I had to get to work. And also I wasn't really sure how it was all going to work out, but at least I had that year of easing into it. And Mm. I highly recommend that. That's, that's a great takeaway. Um, because I think that a lot of people do kind of find themselves in that and they don't really know what is the first step to take in that. Exactly. Yes. Um, My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Okay, well, let's let's dive on into a little bit of strategy for a minute. So um, I love that you have, you know, kind of w- one of your many amazing insider tips that you shared with me is the idea of always be list building. So um, you had mentioned to me that you that you think just from your knowledge or expertise and what you know, that list building needs to be kind of within the one to top three priorities at all times that someone has when they're growing their business. Um, And as someone is growing a business and creating more things and promoting and growing, the list building must have a place in all of those steps. And I love that your motto with list building is the energy of your business is directly tied to the strength of your email list. So with that said, a lot of my listeners, they're so fantastic as they come here every week and they come here to learn. And I love someone who is open and eager to absorbing new ideas and then applying it to their own business so they can grow. That's really my whole intention with this. One thing that I know for certain, because I I have a great community and I talk to them a lot, is that when it comes to some of the influencers or bloggers or even brands that are listening, they don't even understand the importance of having a list. And I think that a lot of times I'll talk to to students of mine or to, to listeners of mine and they'll say, you know, why did I plateau? You know, I have a hundred thousand followers or, you know, I only have 10,000 followers and I can't grow or I got this brand deal, but it was more of a one and burn and I don't know how to make it consistent. And the question that I always ask them is, well, how big is your email list? And nine times out of 10, they, they, they 
come back to me like I'm speaking Mandarin to them. They're like, huh? Right. Like an email list? So I would love if you could take us back to like elementary style level of really why someone who has an online platform, or more importantly, why someone, whether they are a person or a brand, whether they are selling the shirt off their back as a fashion blogger, or where they're trying to get, or whether they are trying to get into online courses, why is an email list important? And why should that be one of the top three priorities when it comes to growth and promotion of an online brand? I love that we're starting at the beginning with this conversation because you and I talked about who your audience is and many of them might not ever plan to create online training courses. However, I still believe that an email list is so incredibly important. And here's why. When you build your platform via social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever it might be, you already know that you don't really own that space. And we also know that the platforms change so rapidly that some things can happen not in our favor. So we're going along, things are great, we're building our following, and then bam, the algorithm changes. And everything we were doing is just not working like it used to. I have definitely experienced that before. And so what I always say is if you really want to build a strong foundation in your online business, no matter what you're selling or how you sell, you definitely want a list because that will be your core audience. And if you engage with that list and you build it on a consistent basis, every time you have a new opportunity, you will go to that list and they will pay attention more. They will engage with you more. They will be more loyal than any social media following that you will ever attract. And here's the greatest thing. Let's say that you wanted to land a really great sponsorship with a different brand and somebody out there happened to join your email list. You put out a cool freebie, you had some opportunity and somebody joined your email list. And that person was getting your emails every single week. And they happened to work for this awesome brand that you wanted to build a partnership with. You have to remember that we're always doing business with people, even if it feels like it's a business to a business kind of relationship, you want to land a brand partnership, there's still people behind that. So if people start to engage with you on your email list, the opportunity are endless. Someone's going to know somebody else or they're going to tell somebody else about you because they love the story you told today in your newsletter. The connections you make there will be stronger than anything else. And also brands are getting very savvy. They will start to ask you, well, how many people do you have on your email list? Because if you can promote something on social media, but you can also email it to a loyal following, you have a huge advantage over your competition. So Mm. does that all make sense? Kind of just to start out the conversation. Absolutely. And I loved what you said about, you know, you, we always have to remember that at the end of the day, we're still doing business with people. Even if there's, you know, an email staring back at us or a brand staring back at us, there's a person on the other side of that. And, you know, remembering that. And I, and I loved your takeaway as well of, you know, building a newsletter is just another way to potentially connect with a brand or with a potential collaborator in a more unique and more, I think, intimate kind of way. Um, that way you're not always relying on this, you know, social media platform that could come and go the next day. Um, so true. And that you always said, you know, at the end of the day, the newsletter is really the only thing that you own. I mean, your your domain could, could shut down tomorrow. Instagram could go right. away tomorrow. And the only thing that you're going to have left is is your is your loyal fan base and your loyal follower base on that newsletter platform? 
It's so true. And when you do a good job of emailing people in a really personal, casual way, so they feel as though they're talking to a friend. My favorite thing is when a good friend of mine will say, I got an email from you this morning. I thought it was just for me, but then I realized you were emailing your entire list and I get a huge smile on my face because if my good friends think that that email was just for them, that's exactly how I want my entire list to feel special when they receive an email from me. And so as you're thinking about, well, do I really need an email list? The answer is yes, but beyond that, you want that connection. So I want you to put your entire personality into those emails, tell your stories, get transparent, take the behind the scenes, really build a relationship that goes beyond any social media platform, and you will be amazed at the doors that will open for your business. Mm, I love that. Um, and something that you are so fantastic at is is breaking things down. You're such a step-by-step kind of of, of gal. Um, yes. <laughs> and I know you're so good at, at walking people through this. So my next question is like, you've, okay, you've explained to us why, you know, the importance of having a list, why we need one. My next question is going to be, say that you're the influencer or blogger listening and they're like, okay, so I get that, but how do I then turn my social media followers or the people that are reading my blog into actual newsletter subscribers? Great question. Okay. So let's break this down. There's a few ways you can do it, but the first thing you want to start out with is a lead magnet, some kind of freebie. And I've got this motto that I live by, keep it simple, get fancy later. And what I mean by that is when you're thinking about your freebie that you want to create, let's really simplify it in the sense of if you're selling something, it could be a discount code or free shipping. If it's information that you want to give, it could be a quick cheat sheet, a checklist, a quick video, something that would add value and it would get them thinking, wow, this girl knows her stuff. Like if this is free, imagine if I kind of dug in a little bit deeper to see what she has to offer. So you want to knock the socks off of your ideal avatar with this freebie that you have. But again, you can keep it really simple. So let's pretend that you are a beauty vlogger and you make videos on YouTube and talk about the latest and greatest when it comes to makeup and application and skincare and all that good stuff. And let's say that you were to post a video all about contouring. I believe me, I'm obsessed with contouring. So this is a good topic for <laughs> yes. me. So let's say you were going to make a video to show people how to properly contour, but then you also wanted to share with them your favorite application tools, like the brushes and the sponges and the actual makeup that you love for contouring. You could put that into an extra little video, or you could just do a cheat sheet. That's kind of beautifully designed that lists your favorite tools and your favorite products around contouring. So that would be the next step. We call that a content upgrade. It's the freebie that they need to sign up to get a little something extra. Mm. And you want to make it so valuable that they think, oh my gosh, I've got to have that because you just taught them how to contour. But I want to know what tools I need to really do it in the way that you're doing it. So I'm going to sign up for that freebie. That's kind of the idea of taking them a little bit deeper with you, giving something of value that's worth them giving up their name and email. Because today the name and email is a hot commodity. And so if you want them to part with that, because people don't want tons of emails in their inbox, if they're not interested for them to part with that, your freebie needs to be really attractive. So that's one good example of how it might 
might work. I love that because I feel like a lot of times when I see, you know, a vlogger or even like a fashion, you know, a, a fashion blogger post on Instagram, it's like they give everything away and I'll, I'll kind of just notice I'm like, she could have so done that in some kind of incentive. Like you could yes. say, this is the shirt that I got. This is where you can buy it. It's, it's half off right now. But if you want to know the five ways that I like to style it, head on over to this worksheet. Or if you want to know how I take this from day to night, head on over to this worksheet. And that way you're kind of, I don't know, maybe like flirting with them a little bit, teasing them a little bit in the Instagram post or teasing them a little bit in the blog blog post about what it is. But where the actual good juice is, is going to be in that incentive. Is that kind of what you're saying? Perfect. It's exactly what I'm saying. And you don't need to do this with every single video or blog that you create. Be mindful about it. Even if you got on a plan to every month, you do just one freebie. So let's say you blog every single week, but once a month, one of those blogs is going to include a content upgrade. And I want to be really specific because since you mentioned I'm a step-by-step kind of girl, I like to make sure that the listeners really understand what I mean. So let's say you created that PDF of five ways you're going to style that shirt. I love that example. And literally you just took pictures of yourself in five different styles of the shirt And you put them into a PDF with a little information on how you put it together. So now it's like just a cheat sheet that they can download. So once you create that, what I love is if you would create a standalone opt-in page. Julie, do you guys use lead pages yet? I don't know if you do. I use lead pages, but I don't know if a lot of my listeners even know what that is. Okay. So (laughs) this is a really cool tool. And this is the stuff that I want to go easy. I don't want to overwhelm your listeners because this might be a new idea, but this one tool kind of changes everything. It's pretty inexpensive and it's easy to use. And again, it's called lead pages, but what it allows you to do is set up a really easy, easy registration page where people put their name and email in exchange for your freebie, like your cheat sheet that you're going to create. And it's drag and drop kind of tool because I am not techie at all. But I wanted to share that one tool because some people will hear, okay, this is a great idea. I want to do a freebie, but where the heck do I even put it so I can get names and emails? And that's one tool Julie and I use in order to get people to sign up. And then we connect it with an email service provider. So that would be like MailChimp or AWeber, or there's a bunch of different uh, really cheap email service providers that are perfect for beginners. So yes, there are some tools you need, but I will say, remember when Julie mentioned the energy of the business is directly tied to the strength of your email list. If you ever feel stalled in what you're doing, you're not getting the traction you're looking for. Social media, it's not working like it used to. That's always going to happen. There's ebbs and flows. You can always come back to the power of your email list. It's like every single week it can breathe new life into your business. I love that. And I love what you said about just the easiest ways to start a list. So um, I know that there's a lot of bloggers out there that use MailChimp because that's just kind of like, perfect. I don't know, just an easy first one. That's what I, I used before I went over to ConvertKit, which is another one. And of course, just depending on the level of your business and really what you're doing, you're going to find ones that may be more beneficial for you. Uh, a thing that I saw a blogger do uh, about a month ago that I thought was such a great way in terms of a lead magnet, she used MailChimp. It was really simple, but she was pregnant. And she was announcing the gender of her baby. But in order to find out the gender, you had to opt in to see the announcement. And I thought that that was just a really fun and kind of clever way to bring her audience back into something that typically 
you would have just thought that someone would have just posted it and not, you know, and not, and not really thought to kind of take it the next step. But I asked her, I said, why did you, why did you make that a lead magnet? You know, why didn't you just share your gender? And she goes, well, I knew that the people that really wanted to know the gender of my baby Mm -hmm. were going to be that loyal audience. And that's who I was trying to attract in my newsletter. Okay. This just makes me so happy. I feel like you're opening my eyes to kind of a whole nother world because I deal mostly with people that are creating online training programs. Mm -hmm. But I love that you just brought into the conversation, the fact that a lot of your listeners are attracting people that just want to know more about them and really want to be in their world. So the fact that I would opt in to know the gender of one of my favorite vloggers or bloggers or whatever it might be, you're right. That shows that I am genuinely interested. So think of it in that way. What can you share that would attract someone that is so loyal to you and really loves what you're putting out there? Because then your email list becomes really fun for you because you're no, you know you're talking to people that have a genuine interest in what you're all about. And that just makes the whole experience more fun. Absolutely. Such a great example. Yes. And then I think that too, a lot of times that I I also have to tell people because they're like, you know, I always try to remind people that it's a service and not a sell because, you know, one of the reasons why it was important for her to get that loyal following in there is that once she becomes a mom and she needs to start promoting more mom type of products in order for her to monetize her blog and her business, she's going to need those loyal subscribers to be able to buy into that service, quote unquote. And I have a lot of bloggers that are sometimes like, well, we don't want to come across as salesy and we don't want to just get people's emails and then bombard them every day. But I'm like, well, but that is that that is what building a business is all about. You need to really think of it as being more of a service and, and not just a sale, in my yes. opinion. I love that. So very true. I love this conversation because it infuses what you know about your audience and the world they're living in and who they're attracting. And then this whole new idea of list building for them, which is kind of the world that I live in. So it's so good. I know. And that's why I was so excited to do this, to do this, this episode and this conversation with you. Okay. So we talked about exactly, you know, the importance of having a list in general, then we talked about kind of breaking it down and how one can kind of start, start the list. You know, you need a lead magnet, you need incentives. We gave examples about what those incentives could be. We talked about the different service providers they could use like MailChimp. I know that you mentioned more. Um, So let's talk about promotion for a little bit. Is there any kind of initial steps that one could use of like, okay, I've started my list. Now, how the heck do I promote this thing? Oh, I love this. Yes. So you're going to find that if you nurture this email list, you speak to them every single week through your emails, your stories, your examples, whatever you want to share with them. When you are ready to promote, they are ready to listen. You've done your work, whether it be for a month, two months or longer, you've done your work to show up and add value in their inbox. So now when you're ready to promote, it's all about crafting emails that still tell the story, take people behind the scenes, but you're leading them into an opportunity that they could take advantage of. So it might mean that you want to share a brand that you love and you've partnered with somebody. So you want to talk about this brand, how you use it, why you got involved with them, why you love it. And then you're linking for them to go check it out as well. Now that link likely has some kind of incentive for you as well, because if they buy, you get a cut of that, however it might work, but that's exactly how you're using these emails. And it might mean that you create a special promo video and you link to that 
promo video in the email. But the email is basically your first step to getting the word out about this new opportunity. And it's very similar to how you might just email them every single week offering just plain value. Yes. Or even how I'll see bloggers just use Instagram to promote something. You know, that's great. But why don't you also promote the same thing on your email list? Because this, yes. the one person that's following you on Instagram may may not have ever, you know, someone that may be on your email list may either not be following you on Instagram or if they do, which I'm sure that they do, the algorithm might have kept them from seeing that post. So it's just kind of taking, you know, it a step farther and repurposing that same content, but on your email platform. And it's just going to give you another opportunity to generate more income for yourself. It's so true because here's the deal. One, I believe that we need to be everywhere where it matters for our audience. And that definitely will always include the inbox. But you make such a great point. I'm not on Instagram every day and I'm on it a lot, but I'm going to miss things. So if the only way you're promoting to me is with an Instagram post or an Insta story, there is a huge chance that I've missed it. And so because of that, if you also get into my inbox, you're covering all your your bases with that. So mm. I love the opportunity of just getting in front of them in multiple ways. And with Marketing 101, most people need to hear your message a few times before they're ready to say yes. I've done this a million times in my own life. Have you as well? Yes. And that's what I was about to ask you about again. Okay. So you say a few times. So so how, how, how many is a few times really? How many newsletters should someone put out in a week? Is there a magic number? Do you kind of have to test it out? What does that look like? I don't know if there's a magic number and yes, you do want to test it out, but let me give you some guidelines to kind of start with. I think if you just started once a week, let's say you're not doing any of this yet, choose a day and every week on that day, you're sending out your newsletter. And just to be clear, it might just be a quick story you want to share, or it might link to your latest blog post, which is ideal or link to a video or whatever you want want to do, you're just offering value. So my goal is to get you to start doing it every single week on the same day of the week. So your audience comes to expect it, which they will watch when you get a really loyal audience and you skip a week, you'll be getting those messages in Instagram saying, Hey, I didn't get your email this week, which is like the best feeling ever that people are truly paying attention. But if you want to do it more than once a week, two or three times a week, if you're offering impeccable value and definitely with your audience, the type of things that they're doing in their business, you could get away with it, but you don't have to. Mm. And I, I, I love that you, that you said that, that it, it's really about the impeccable value. Cause I, and again, I, I kind of go back to the saturation too, of thinking like, let's, let's use Nordstrom as an example. I mean, my gosh, how many news, like how many emails do I get from Nordstrom in a day? Because I'm subscribed right. to their, you know, and <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that I'm unsubscribing. It doesn't, but it also doesn't mean I may be clicking everything, but at least I'm seeing the headlines whenever it does provide something that I'm attracted to. I'm going to, I'm going to click to it and I'm going to, I'm going to read about what they're having to say. Maybe there's a new sell or new offer that I want to know about. So I think it's also remembering that I don't think that you can really oversaturate the market because the market's just kind of oversaturated in general. I mean, could, would you agree? Would you not agree? Is there, is, oh, could, could you do too much of it or? I think that you probably, could do too much of it, but it depends on your audience. Mm. And so you'll never know if you don't try it out. And what you're looking for is the open rates at what percentage are people opening your email to give you kind of a ballpark. I think the average would be 15 to 20% of people are going to open up your email. Now for new list builders, that sounds very upsetting. Like, are you kidding me? I'm going to work this hard and only 15 to 20% are going to open up my emails. 
believe me, you can get that number up if you have that loyalty and engagement, but that's typically what people are seeing. And so if you're way below that because you're emailing likely too much, then you want to pull it back for sure. If you're only emailing once a week and you're below that, then you want to think about those subject lines because really that's what it's about. It's the first thing they're seeing. So if they're not opening it up, there's your subject lines are just too boring. Typically is what it is. And that was going into my next question. Oh, so great. we talked about ways to promote it. And now I wanted to kind of talk about ways to grow it. And you, you just talked about consistency, which is great. But also I wanted to ask you about the subject line, because I know that there's a really strong correlation between the, the subject line and the open rate, as you just said, and really just the, the growth and the health of the newsletter list. So how can we find or think of or cultivate subject lines that really work for our tribe? Is, is it again, is it just about testing it out to kind of understand their language a little bit more and making sure that we're speaking it? It is, but let me give you a little trick that I do in my own business. I subscribe to a lot of people's newsletters and I typically do it with one special email. So I use one special email. I have an inbox for all the things I subscribe to. So I can go in there and I can basically look to see what people are putting out there. So it's this dedicated email address I use. And when I go in there and I see a subject line that grabs my attention, it's basically, I've got to click to know more. I put that into a digital swipe file, which just means a folder in Gmail because I want to save the ones that really are triggering me to take action so that when I sit down in front of my computer, I'm always going to need a little inspiration. I'll never copy what they're doing, but I will look at all of my favorite examples and pull some inspiration from those. So the first thing you want to do is you want to be a keeper of the good subject lines and put them in a special folder right away. And the next thing you want to think about is, what gets you to click? It usually is curiosity. So something is in that subject line that you think I've got to know more, or they hit on a pain point or a desire that you deeply have. And so you really want to be descriptive in those subject lines. If you're vague, they're likely going to skim right over it. But if you are really specific, calling out on a challenge, um, a struggle, a desire, or piquing their curiosity just a bit that they're thinking, I've got to know, those are the best subject lines. Mm, I love that. And that's such just a, a great little tip that you shared of just, you know, if, if these subject lines are attracting you, they're probably attracting other people. So you might want to keep them to kind of see what kind of patterns that you're finding just within your own attraction that are keeping you from really liking these, that, that are keeping you liking these lists and then use that as inspiration. I love that. Um, okay. So I want to know, we just went through basically as much as we could. It's like, obviously, you can't teach us what you've learned in the past 15 years and, you know, 20 right. minutes. Um, but, you know, how to start it, how to promote it, how to create it. You gave great examples on how to do that as well as the services. So how do we then take this list that we've now promoted? We're being consistent. We're growing it. How can we turn it into something monetizable if we aren't necessarily creating courses. So I know that you mentioned, you know, the, the lead magnets and the opt-ins, but can we actually use our list number? Cause I know that you, you mentioned that as well to say, you know, I have X amount of people on my list to kind of garner more brand deals or even, even media opportunities and really other joint venture collaborations with other bloggers or influencers out there. Is there a way for for me to use my newsletter list with another out blogger out there that has a newsletter list to maybe promote something that we're working on as well. Yes. I mean, I'm so glad you brought this up. It kind of takes me back to how 
book publishing is today. If you want to get a book deal, one of the first questions they're going to ask is how many people do you have on your email list? Something they probably weren't asking a few years back, but it is definitely something that you need to have today. And so with that, I feel that all these other opportunities are kind of following suit. Whereas when you want to do a partnership with somebody, if you come to the table and you list your social media following, and then you list how many people on your email list and the fact that you say, I can reach out to this many people with a direct message around our opportunity. You just basically shove everyone out of the way because most people are not going to have that asset. And I do believe that it gets tough online. There's a lot of competition and a lot of noise. So why not come to the table with a really strong asset that most people in your industry probably aren't going to have or pay attention to? So 100%, that should be something front and center and not just like, Hey, I've got 2000 people on my email list, but more so I've got 2000 people on my email list where I will write a dedicated email about you and the benefits of your product that will go directly in their inbox Monday morning or whatever, like get specific with it because this is a huge selling point. I love that. And I, and I love, I love just this conversation in general, because what I hope that it's doing to the listeners right now is really retraining them to think about how they look at their social following. Because so many times I will get students or listeners or, you know, just people on my, that are, that are part of my newsletter community or social media, social media community, always talking about how can I use my following to get a book deal? Cause as you, I mean, I worked at Harper Collins for years. So I'm telling you guys, like she ain't lying when she's talking about this guy. (laughs) of stuff. Um, When it comes to engagement and really cultivating a loyal fan base, there is nothing more loyal than being able to go to a brand or go to an acquisitions editor or go to an agent or go to anyone that you're trying to work with to say, look, I've got 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people on my newsletter soaking up and essentially buying everything that I put out there. My open rate is this. I mean, talk about a conversion rate. Talk about an engagement rate. You know, brands get excited when when bloggers and influencers have a 2% engagement rate on Instagram. How about if you were able wow. to come to them and say, I have a 45% engagement rate yes. on my newsletter list. Yes. I mean, that would just be insane. So I, I really hope that it's, that it's, you know, training or retraining the listeners today to think about an email list as just a more focused and unique and authentic and more highly engaged way to open so many new doors to garnering new brand deals, garnering new opportunities. And as Amy said, there's a lot of bloggers out there that just aren't utilizing this fantastic opportunity in front of them. And I think that's why I wanted so badly to have Amy on today because she is the, you know, the woman to talk to about all of this. She knows this in and out and she's the one to go to to learn more about this. So I hope that you guys are really, I hope that we're shedding new light on this for you guys today and you're really able to see like, Maybe I shouldn't give so much credit and worth to my Instagram, and maybe I should really start focusing on a newsletter list here and helping these brands understand how much I can I can convert on my own platform, because that's what's going to lead to long-term growth and long-term longevity in this business. Amen to that. Definitely. <laughs> um, so with that said, I do want to talk, because I love your Instagram story, so I want to talk about this just a little bit before we go, before we dive into to, to some more challenges, but how can bloggers and, you, and influencers use Instagram stories as a way to kind of help build their list and kind of grow and promote it? Ooh, I like this one, because 
Instagram stories are so personal and the videos are short. They go away within 24 hours. So there's not a lot of pressure here and you can have some fun with these Insta stories. Now, one thing that you want to think about is that most people are getting that feature to swipe up. And when you swipe up, you can go to a web page, an opt-in landing page, wherever you want to send them. And that's what you want to focus on. So what I tell my students is every single week, choose one lead magnet opportunity that you're going to promote at least once, if not a few times via social media. So if you start to kind of build up your lead magnet library, you're going to have a few that you can choose from. So this week I think, okay, I want to promote my lead magnet about the tools for contouring. So you might jump on Insta stories and say, Hey guys, this morning I put this look together and I use these products to do so. But do you want to know what brushes I used? Well, go and swipe up right now. I'll take you to the page where you can sign up and find out all about the brushes. So you're just basically taking the information you might've put in a video on a blog post and now making an impromptu short casual video all about it. But the call to action is swipe up and grab my freebie. So the goal here is using those freebies in a lot of different ways. You can repurpose your content. You're not always reinventing the wheel. I love that. It's such a good and just kind of simple takeaway. And that's, that's what I love about you, Amy. You always, it's not about getting, you know, super fancy. Like I know that your motto is keep it simple, get fancy later. And I love that you were able to really simplify this idea for us today that I think a lot of listeners are going to be able just to have a little bit more confidence when it comes to right. understanding an email list and, and taking kind of those initial next steps to, to building it. So I know that you guys want to get your hands on that freebie that we discussed a little bit earlier that shares the seven habits of highly effective list builders, as I know that these are all habits that we're going to want to start cultivating today. So I'll be sharing where you can find that in just a moment. But first, I wanted to discuss a little bit um, regarding challenges and mistakes that we can kind of find ourselves in in this online platform. So um, Amy, you had shared with me a little bit earlier um, that the number one mistake that you see most influencers making when trying to grow kind of their online their online influence is um, they worry too much about the vanity metrics. So they're skipping that crucial step of creating the original content every single week. How do we get away from this? And are there any simple actionable steps that we can take starting today to help us kind of, kind of move around this action? Yes. And this is one that is so easy to get caught up on. I'll look and see, okay, how many Instagram followers do I have today? And of course we're going to check and we want to monitor that. However, that truly is a vanity metric versus if you are looking at one, how many people do you have on your email list? I promise you it's going to be more valuable and lucrative for you in the long run. But beyond that, looking at how am I adding value every single week to my audience? And it comes back to creating original content consistently. So where I see most people who are building an online empire mess up right from the get-go is that they forget that they have to add value through original content. What I mean by that is you've got a weekly blog, maybe a weekly podcast or a weekly video show. I believe that all of us should have at least one of those and we are showing up every single week. That's the kind of stuff you should be paying the most attention to. It's harder work than watching your Instagram followers go up or down, but it's the work that really makes a difference. And here's the beauty of this. 
If you committed to creating a piece of original content every single week, let's say it's a video on YouTube, now you have something to email your new subscribers every single week. A new YouTube video goes out, a new email about that YouTube video goes out to your list. That's exactly how I do it with my own podcast. So again, you're creating this really nice synergy inside of your own business related to your original content. And every influencer I know is creating original content on a consistent basis and using it to grow their email list. That's one of the things we talk about in the freebie that Julie and I put together around the seven habits of highly effective list builders, consistent content and always list building with it. Oh, I love that. And it's kind of, again, taking it back to what are ways that I can make this simple for myself and repurpose the content in these other areas. I love, yes. love, love that. Um, one thing that I want to also talk to you about, um, I had asked you something, if you could give an example of something that you did in the past that just did not work. And I think that this is really going to resonate with the listeners today that you had talked about, um, you were promoting a program and you once did a three part video strategy to kind of promote that program. And even though you had seen that that kind of strategy and that style had worked for a lot of other, you know, online entrepreneurs out there, it just wasn't you, you know, you tried it, but your heart wasn't into it. And you were kind of doing it because you thought that you had to do it because that's what everybody else was doing. And it was kind of this, this uh, pressure to stay relevant, so to speak. But to you, that was the kiss of death. So I would love if you could go into more detail on this situation and really how, what you learned from doing what everyone else was doing does not work. Uh, yes. So I learned my lesson the hard way, but that's pretty much the only way I learn lessons. So I love this idea of putting together a three part video series. And at the end of the video series, you sell something that's a really online marketing power strategy that a lot of influencers use. And it works like gangbusters, except it doesn't work that great when your heart's not into it. I will admit that video is definitely something that makes me nervous. I'm not totally comfortable with it. I worry about how I look and how I'm going to come across. And so I get into my head, something I am definitely working on getting better at because I feel like video is where it's at. You got to be doing video. So I'm kind of getting past those insecurities. However, this was years ago when I did this and all I could think about is what do my thighs look like in this video? And do I look ridiculous in this outfit? And what about my makeup or my hair? Or I was so worried about how I was coming across that my message wasn't strong. I looked like I was checked out and you could tell I was nervous throughout. My focus was on the wrong thing. And as you said, I was doing this for all the wrong reasons. I wanted to stay relevant. I wanted to do something new because every other influencer I knew was doing it. And so when you approach something, if I could give you a little words of advice based on my own past mistakes, when you approach something in your business and you think, okay, I want to do this. Let's say it's webinars. I want to do a webinar. Ask yourself why you want to do it and get really honest with yourself. Because if you want to do it to expand your audience and connect with people on a more personal level and find a way to easily promote your products, well, then you're in it for the right reasons. But if you feel like you have to do it, I don't know about you guys, but every time I felt like I have to do something, it is never a good idea to put it out there because your audience can feel that. And I think it's just like anything in life. When you feel like you have to do something, you're not showing up as your best self. And as an entrepreneur, one more little piece of advice, 
I have to remind myself, or quite honestly, let me correct that. My husband, Hobie, reminds me all the time (laughs) when I I complain about something in my business, he'll say, well, maybe you should talk to your boss about that. And then it kind of snaps me into, oh, wait a second. I'm the boss. I'm calling the shots. If I don't like how something's turning out, I am the only one who has the power to change it. It's a beautiful thing in the entrepreneurial world, and it can be a little daunting at times as well, but I'm really dedicated to embracing it. I'm the boss. I'm calling the shots. We can change direction at any time. Oh, I love that. That is such a good reminder because really, whether this is your side hustle or not, I mean, you are the CEO of your Instagram. You are the CEO of your blog. You are the CEO of your Etsy shop, of your, um, you know, whatever kind of side hustle you may be trying to venture into to your YouTube. So it's a great reminder that, you know, you're, you are the one that calls the shots at the end of the day. I love that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to borrow that from you. (laughs) Yes. Remind yourself of that the next time you're like, this is terrible. I don't want to do this. (laughs) I know. And I, I feel you on the video thing. Sometimes if I ever feel that it's forced, I know that I should not be doing it. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about your services and your courses for a moment. I would love if you could run down what you currently offer to help influencers, um, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs grow a profitable business online. Well, thanks so much for asking. So I have a product suite and it starts with a list building course. It's called List Builders Lab 2.0. And that basically teaches you from start to finish how to build the foundation of list building in your business. It's a really geared toward those just getting started. And then from there, I have a program that teaches people how to create digital courses. So let's say you're a yoga instructor and you're going into a studio every day and you're thinking, I need to expand and I don't want to do this one-on-one kind of experience every single day. So you put your yoga program into a digital product and you sell it to a bigger audience. That's what I teach people how to do. And then the final product is webinars. Once you have a digital product that you want to sell, or maybe just a live workshop that you want to do online, I teach people how to use webinars to add value and teach for free, but then at the end, sell their digital products. So it kind of all goes together. But thanks for giving me the opportunity to even talk about that. Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, I just, I... You know, I'm such a huge fan of yours, but not just for the wealth of information that you provide and how amazing you are, but I, what you do works. I mean, you are such an educator. You, you've talked the talk, you've walked the walk and you've just helped thousands and thousands of people turn their dream into a profitable online business. So the proof is definitely in the pudding. Um, and I think that a lot of the listeners could really benefit from the list builders lab that are listening today with, um, what we talked about earlier with, with building a list. So I'll make sure to put all of these in the show notes for you guys. So you do not miss it. Um, now looking onward to the rest of this year and to 2018, what is next for Amy Porterfield HQ? What, what are we, what are we, what should we be excited to see on the horizon? Well, thanks for asking. So my whole thing is I really want to deliver a live online workshop, meaning I don't want to pre-record my next course, but I want to sell it and then deliver it live, let's say over a period of six to eight weeks and really engage with my audience. The fun thing is we haven't decided on the topic yet because we are surveying our audience and letting them 
choose what I should teach next. Mm. I've got some ideas and I think I know where my audience is going to go with it, but I'm going to put it out to them. So this is going to be the first uh, time that I really get instant feedback and I'm going to use Instagram and Facebook and video and my email list, of course, and I'm going to find out what my audience wants. And then that's going to premiere in January. So we're excited for a new process to put it together. And then of course, when it works, cause I know it will, then I'll get to teach that. I'm kind of like, I'll go before you, I'll do it and then I'll teach it. So that's what we're going to do. I love that. Um, okay. Well, before we wrap this up, I have a question for you that I ask every guest that comes on the show. And hey. that is what does influence mean to you? Oh, such a good question. To me, it means giving more than you take and waking up every single morning knowing that you are on a mission to make somebody's life a better place or a better experience. And so it's all about giving. That's what being an influencer means to me. I love that. Um, Okay, Amy, so where can everyone find you, follow you online and beyond? So you can go to amyporterfield.com and check me out there. I have a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. And again, thank you so much for this. I absolutely love this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much for for sharing your wealth of knowledge today. So for all of you listeners, um, if you're wanting to dive into more things that Amy does, learn more about list building, and really kind of dive deeper into the tips that she shared today, I would love for you guys to check out the show notes of this episode. Um, And it's there where you can also get your freebie download that we're sharing, The 7 Habits of Highly Effective List Builders. You can find the tip sheet and the show notes at theinfluencerpodcast.com forward slash 26. Amy, thank you again. You are such a trailblazer in this industry and you're such a supporter for influencers like myself and the ones listening today in the space. So I appreciate everything that you're doing and I'm just really excited to see uh, what's to come in January. Thank you so very much. Appreciate you having me. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.